This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up? Golden Age podcast out here at City National Arena on location. Golden Knights just wrapped up practice. Some big developments Golden Knights fans will want to know about. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But first, thanks for listening. Check us out wherever you find your podcast. Like, subscribe, comment, even say awful things about us. Go ahead. We just uh, want the feedback. Let us know what you think of the show and uh, let everybody know that you're tuning in all the time because you have to because we are so, so amazing. And Adam Hill, Ben Goats, Dave Shane here today, at, as we said, at City National Arena. What is going on, guys? Not much. We got two games left in this regular season thing, and then we're on to the playoffs. It's an exciting time. It is. Dave, it's an exciting time because right now I feel like it's not an exciting time. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> Start the playoffs. That's yeah. when it gets exciting. This is this week is about, like, is – I don't want to say boring, but what? what no, is, it, it is. It's yeah, exciting it's for us, I would say, because we've got a lot of content to prep. Well, uh, look true. out for our hashtag content next week, guys. We got some big stuff planned for uh, all our readers and listeners. But we hope for the average fan, I would think this is not an exciting time. With the amount of stuff that we're going to give you, that you're going to know everything you ever wanted to know and about, more. Yes, about you're going to know likes. more than you wanted to know. That's how dedicated we are to this hashtag content. There you go. So make sure you check all that out reviewjournal.com and we have some days to get that content ready because these games don't mean a whole lot and that is because the Golden Knights and San Jose Sharks are locked in as the first official playoff matchup uh, that is out there right now and the Knights have time to prepare. I think it it becomes interesting in that you know, you have a lot of time to start scouting, to start thinking about it, but you know the team already very well. But at the same time, you've got some days to just do whatever you want in terms of getting some guys some rest, getting some guys sharp. Like, these games mean zero. And there's there's meaningless games, you know, sometimes in all sports, but literally these games mean absolutely nothing. So, uh, you know, first of all, when we get in, we'll get into a little bit of these last two games and what's going on, but... The matchup is set, as we said. Sharks, Knights, I think everybody felt they were on a collision course this year at some point, but it's going to happen in the first round, which I think is a little bit of a surprise if you thought about it before the season. But, uh, you know, these two teams have been looked at as contenders, and one of them is going to go out in the first round. So, first, Dave, what did you think, you know, when you saw – we've kind of known it for a while, but this matchup is set, Knights at Sharks, first round. Bart Scott, can't wait. Can't for wait. real, can't wait. I mean, we've seen it the last couple – the last couple games, uh, what, March 18th, March 30th, I mean, the game up there, the first one, that first period was unreal. Best period I've seen all season. So fun. And then the last game with, you know, I mean, if you like 1980s hockey, you know, a little back and forth, a little punching and shoving and all that good stuff. I mean, it, it has a little bit of everything. I would imagine the series is going to have a little bit of everything. You know, good on the Knights for getting it done and good on the Knights for, for clinching it. 
But part of the reason why I said it so just ugh, right now is because you're just so looking forward to that series yeah. starting. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some other good ones around the league, but but I mean, people are already starting saying the same thing. Like, just give me that series right now. Let's go. You know, let let's see it because I mean, if it's anything like the last two games, it's it's going to be awesome. Right, I think that's what makes it worse is that these last two games between these two teams were so entertaining to watch. You have one that's just such a back-and-forth first period. Of course, it ends up being 7-3 nights. And then just a couple days ago, the Sharks win it in overtime thanks to a Brent Burns one-timer. A really fun game there, too. So I think that makes it so much worse as we got like an appetizer so close to the main course, and the weight is just so hard. Especially because I think all year we've known, as Adam said, these two teams have pretty much been on a collision course. I think at the beginning of the year, I thought this was coming a sec- in the second round. One of those two teams is going to win the division, and then they would figure it out in the second round. But Calgary came out of nowhere to kind of surprise everyone and take the division crown. But I'm still very happy that we're getting this matchup at some point in the playoffs. Yeah, I think one of the things that's interesting about it is there is so much, there would be so much attention on it. This, despite all the, you know, the the marquee teams that are out West, you know, Calgary has been good all year. Nashville, we know, is a very popular public team. Like, this should be the featured game of the series. It'll be the prime, you know, an NBC game probably in the first round. I mean, there's going to be a lot of attention and focus and excitement about the series. So a lot of spotlight going into it. And I know we've been kind of excited about that budding rivalry, but I think nationally even, Dave, there's going to be some interest in this series. Yeah, and I think part of it's just because of what you talk about, the rivalry. I mean, we've seen some of the bad blood, you know, boil over and and things like that. And I mean, we've talked about this a lot, you know, for the fans and and obviously everybody in, I mean, I speak, as somebody obviously who fits this category, there's so many Southern California natives in this, in this city and LA and Anaheim were kind of natural rivals last year, but it's kind of always been the sharks in that locker room over here at city national and T-Mobile. They've always thought the sharks are the rival. I think everybody around the nation is finally starting to see, you know, that that rivalry, you know, is really kind of a budding rivalry out in the, uh, the Pacific division West coast and, and also, I mean, they're two of the, the better teams. I mean, it's not like you're getting – I mean, I'm trying to think of some other, like, two, three matchups you can get. And nothing against, like, you know, if you get, like, what, St. Louis, Winnipeg, you know. But yeah. but it doesn't quite have the, the cachet, I guess, that, that this does clearly, like, it's on the West Coast and whatever. But, I mean, this is this is definitely one that everybody's kind of wanting to see and, you know, see see how it ends up, but, but see how it gets there with – Reeves and Haley and Evander Keenan. I mean, there's so many storylines. Right, and I think, you know, it's a good rivalry series because these teams have locked heads so much already in just this short two-year history of the night. I believe five of their eight regular season games have been decided by a goal. You have, they're not just competing on the ice hard in the playoffs in the regular season, but they're competing off the ice for players where we have Eric Carlson get traded to the Sharks before the season. Of course, that was a long-rumored target for the Knights. And then you have, of course, the Knights then load up anyway and get Max Pacioretty, get Mark Stone at the trade deadline. The Sharks respond by getting Gustav Nyquist at the trade deadline. So these are two teams that have just been locked in an arms race, both on the ice and off the ice, which is what makes them coming to a head again in the playoffs so intriguing, especially because I think these are two of the better teams in the Western Conference talent-wise and one of them's losing in the first round. Like, that is an inevitability that one of the more talented teams in the Western Conference will be out 
very quickly. Crazy playoff structure they got going on here, huh? Yeah. Boston and Toronto got to play. Oh, that's the I other mean, big yeah. series I'm looking forward to is Boston and Toronto. I think will be an epic series, and it's a shame that one of those two teams yeah. is going to have their season Absolutely. labeled a failure for yeah. failing to get out of the first round. Yeah, and that will be the, the Eastern Conference uh, marquee matchup we, we would expect uh, for all these, you know, a lot of the national attention that's going on into the series. Well, health will be a major factor uh, in how this series plays out. We've got news from the Golden Knights side, and that we'll get into it a little bit more. But Mark Andre Fleury back at practice. He skated the last couple of days, practice with the team today. Uh, we talked to him. It looks like he'll probably try to give it a go. Uh, but on the other side, Eric Carlson has been out a long time. He he tried to play a couple games, missed a, a big stretch. He has guaranteed that he'll be back for the postseason, but I don't know that there's a whole lot of confidence until people start seeing him. I know there's a huge storyline breaking that he had been taking days off from rehabbing and they'd been resting him up a little bit. There's definitely concern going into the series about where Eric Carlson is, even though he continues to say that he's going to play. I think it'll be interesting to see what he looks like in game one. And the, and the reason I say that is be, I go back to a comment that Jargalant made the other day, kind of talking about getting ready for the playoffs and how they've been in playoff mode themselves and and not resting players but you know healing players and and things like that and I mean he basically flat out said yes you go and you try to win every game and you give it what you have but that is not their priority right now they are pointed toward the playoffs and I would imagine that Pete DeBoer and the Sharks and that whole organization is in the same mode and they've probably been in that same mode for the last few weeks as poorly as they've played on the ice I mean, you never want to go in playing that badly. And I know one or two of the players that told me the other day, like, it's awkward going into the playoffs on a losing streak. So if you're San Jose, you definitely want to be playing better. But I also think they've just been clearly pointing to April 9th, 10th, 11th, you know, whenever this thing starts. And everything that they've done is revolving around that. So we'll see. I mean, I think Carlson will be healthy. I don't have any doubt about that. I guess maybe my concern from the outside would be, like, how much ring rust does somebody have that hasn't played, you know, that that isn't maybe sharp, that you hear about guys talking about all the time, like it takes you a little bit to get up to speed and, and you can try to duplicate it in a practice, but sometimes you need a game to do that. So we'll see, you know, maybe this week if they try to squeeze them in or if they just say, you know, look, you know, point to next week and, and on you go. I don't, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. That's for sure. Yeah. Paul Stasny offered me this rule earlier in the year uh, when he had missed significant time. He said, you need a game for every week you miss to get back in the flow of things. So it'll be interesting to see how many games. I don't know how official that formula is. I don't think it's official, but that's just a rule of thumb that he gave me. So I thought that was intriguing to bring up Uh, for the sharks too. not only Eric Carlson, who I believe was actually skating uh, with the team today, but uh, Joe Pavelski is a guy who I think is really key to kind of filling out their forward depth chart. And if they don't have him ready to go either, I think that could be a big blow to the sharks heading into the series. Yeah. And, and I think the, the, interesting thing with both those guys and you mentioned you know trying to get back up to speed uh Carlson has not played I know that around the team the feeling is they want him to play one of these final two games but they also don't want to risk hey we're going to put him out there for a meaningless game to try to get him ready and then he has a setback you you wouldn't I mean that would be a a terrible situation for them so I think they're going to rely on him and how he feels and how he thinks he needs to uh, approach this but yeah he is he has said he'll be ready and you know we will see in about a week 
uh, what goes on with those injured players with the Sharks, but we expect that they are really targeting and working back toward those days, just like the Golden Knights are, trying to get everybody healthy going into the postseason. Uh, what will be, and we'll start with Ben on this one, What in your mind, what is your key to the series and how this thing plays out? Because these teams know each other so well. There's so much talent uh, out on the ice. So what will the, the factors be that will determine the series? I think the ultimate the thing that the Golden Knights need to focus on is their forwards need to get out and pressure those D-men for the Sharks, the star defensemen. And then if you're the Knights, just don't take a lot of penalties. That Sharks power play is really, really good. So if you can stay out of the box and not give Brent Burns and Eric Carlson too much time and space, I think you can do a pretty good job of holding down San Jose's goal total. And then if you can just forecheck them hard that way, then I think the Knights are going to like their chances. My turn. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I think goaltending is obviously the biggest thing because of the question mark on the other side. Uh, Martin Jones has obviously struggled in every game against, or not every game, but most a lot games, of them. yes, against the Knights. Um, been pulled a handful of times. I don't think even in the uh, the last game that you were up there, maybe you can have a better perspective on this, Adam. But I'm not even sure he was, you know, super convincing in that in that last game. Uh, March 30th, uh, even though he came out a winner 4-3? No, it was Dell. It was Dell. Yeah. was Dell. Del. Okay. I apologize then. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe, I mean, that just speaks to it right there then. That, I mean, if you've got some doubt, anytime you have Marc-Andre Fleury in the net, probably against anybody in the Pacific Division, you're going to have an advantage. So if the Knights are able to put some doubt, maybe chase Martin Jones in a game early, um, just get them – worrying about their goaltender situation i think that'll be a big thing and the other thing too i think is depth uh the sharks are obviously a very deep team uh they get a lot of production from lines one two and three but they've also struggled with the golden knights top line um the last couple of years they haven't been able to contain carlson at all he's absolutely killed them and in most cases you get into a playoff series kind of those top six, those first two lines tend to cancel each other out. If the Knights are able to have any kind of advantage in that top six with that top line and then also exploit some depth, I, I, I don't see how the Sharks can, can match that. I don't see how they would, how they would be able to answer that. I, I think it's a huge advantage you know, for the Knights going into the series. I think we've probably seen it in terms of the betting already, that, that the price has already moved you know, toward the Knights. It's been bet that way. Um, I mean, you look at the Sharks and Jared Gallant talk, talked about it. You know, you put them on the board, and it's obviously a very good team. But, you know, last year I wasn't sure how I felt about the Knights matching up with the Kings in the first round. And for some reason, I, I don't know why, I'm usually never this way. I don't see how the Sharks win this series. Wow. I really don't. Wow. Well, I know that they'll be uh, playing the audio of this in their locker room in game <laughs> yeah, one. clearly. Uh, we'll see, we'll see how, how they react to that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – a lot, everything that you were pointing out was correct, but the, the, the number did open at Pickham, as you said, on the betting board. Uh, it was basically, hey, it's even series. Somebody's going to pull it off, and the Sharks do have home ice. Now, that is a very interesting thing because for the first two-thirds of the season, mm -hmm. you could not win in San Jose. Nobody was going in there and winning. All of a sudden, that has changed. Now, obviously, that has changed with some injuries and the fact that they're kind of been they've kind of been stagnating late in the season. But the Knights will have to win at least once in San Jose to win the series, and that at least the door is open 
much more than it was earlier in the year uh, for that. So the Sharks will absolutely have to defend their home turf like they did early in the season, not like they have late in the season. But you mentioned the injuries. That is a big, big factor. And Marc-Andre Fleury is back, as we mentioned. Looks like he'll get at least a game to try to get sharp. Uh, but how much concern do you think there will be that he will be able to get up to speed? He was playing at an unbelievable level when he was injured. He had given up five goals in six games going into that into that last one. Had back-to-back shutouts. Remember the long 200-minute shutout streak? How how much concern is there that he'll be able to get back to that level? I'm not that concerned about Marc-Andre Fleury. We talked to him today. He seemed like he was in a good place. He, I think, wants to get back out there and knock a little bit of the rust off. But this is a guy who's, I mean, he's 34 years old. He's been through just about everything you can be through in the NHL. And he, you can tell, is already excited about the playoffs. I mean, I asked him a question today, and he's just like, hey, it's the playoffs. That's all that matters, right? And so you can tell he's pretty close to dialed in. So I imagine if he gets a game or two under his belt, he'll be ready to go. And his, at the very least, adrenaline will carry him through the first couple games of the series. Okay, so I'm holding up a zero right now that obviously our listeners well, we're can't, on film can't see. Oh, we, okay, yeah. so so they can see the zero, which is the amount of concern I have about Flurry going into the playoffs. Uh, but here, here's my butt with that. I don't have any concern that he is 100% healthy. I don't think there's any reason to think that, you know, if he's been healing and all of that, that everything's been pointing toward, you know, him being ready for next week, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever it is. So as far as him being healthy, zero concern. Now, would I have concern about a guy who's played maybe once or at most twice in the last, what, when was that Dallas game? So three weeks, you know? I don't know how good I would feel about that. That might be a little more concerning just in terms of, like, you want a guy sharp. You want a guy, you know, playing well, seeing the puck, you know, on top of his game 100% going into it. Health-wise, I think he's going to be 100%. But I don't know maybe that first game, you know, the first period, how, how sharp somebody can be if they haven't done anything but practice for, you know, the last week or so. You know, once he gets out, you know, he's been out here – you know what yesterday you know yeah. handful of days and you know maybe a gamer here too um they did it last year where i specifically remember the last game of the season in calgary where they let him play and he got shelled so i don't think they would do like and then a, they had a terrible playoff run. yeah it was all yeah it was awful that, so, that really carried yeah over. so clearly yeah it carried over and all that um but you know i mean this is the other side of it too to me players always talk about like you can't flip a switch going into the playoffs and the reality is all these guys are going to have to flip a switch (laughs) because for the last week they've kind of been in a different mode um, of just get healthy, get through, you know, these last couple of games don't matter, and they're going to have to go bing, bing, boom, you know, ready to go Wednesday, Thursday, whenever that series is. I think that's that's interesting because I I, I know how we felt watching the game, and they've had one meaningless game so far uh, after, you know, being locked into that series. I know how we felt watching it, and now, you know, I certainly – was uh, I think more over the top than you guys were about it, but I, I just thought there was just nothing as far as like energy and enthusiasm it, and passion. It on felt the ice. like a preseason game. Absolutely. It really did it feel did. like yeah. a preseason. It game. absolutely did. But then after the game, when you talk, they said we played perfect. That's what we yeah. wanted to do. That's exactly how we wanted to manage it. They and liked how they. Played. And I'd agree with that actually. Yeah. Because and so this is why if you're winning two one going into the third period and you're talking about like developing habits and kind of learning how to close out a game 
and and things like that, which you're going to have to do in the playoffs. You're going to play these games that are you know two one and three two or one nothing going into a third period. You're going to have to protect that lead, and I thought they did a really 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 good job of doing that, and I'll I'll absolutely credit them for that. Yes. Part of it was Edmonton was kind of mailing it in at that point too. Well, Edmonton in for, got eliminated uh, yeah, during the first period. During the first period, they they learned so when they went into the first period intermission, they undoubtedly found out we have no chance to make. The yeah, play. I mean, second period, I think they had five shots on goal yeah. if I remember right. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly, I think it was partly them. But but I do I, I do think that if you're the Knights, those are the things you have to be able to do. That you're going to go into locker room and say, okay, boys, close this out. This is what we have to do. Let's we got to learn how to close this out. No, I, and they I, did, and they closed it out. I completely agree with you, and I, I get the fact that they played the way they wanted to. Like I get that. I, I just I don't I can't put together in my mind the fact that there was the amount of enthusiasm for the game. That listen, not a critique. That's how they should be. They shouldn't be out there like throwing their bodies around and like you no know, jump, you know, being excited and all into it. Like they have nothing to play for. All right. I'm going to go off on a random tangent since you're okay. a Netflix guy. Right. Have you watched any of those losers series? Those, those little like documentaries. I have not yet. Okay. There's a great one called stone cold in this documentary. There's a point where they talk about how this team basically learned how, if you just knock all the rocks out of the way, if you just hit, if you just throw hits, you can kind of change the way the game is played. At one point they're playing this and the entire crowd starts chanting boring, boring and the players loved it because that's what they were trying to do right. they were trying to make it a boring game and as much as yes i i know the knights want to excite fans and you want to have an up and down back and forth that third period i think for them and that edmonton game was about if we have to make this boring let's make it boring yeah uh and so that for that i'll compliment them but yes it was boring it was not a very exciting no, game I, I and again, i think the the issue is that i'm i agree with all of those things like they wanted to make it a boring game they did exactly what they wanted to do but i also it's just it just it's tough to reconcile then saying then being I, I, instead of just saying we wanted to make a boring game we made a boring game it's you know we we like the level of our game I, it's just a different I guess different different philosophy more than anything. That they executed a perfect strategy in exactly how they should have handled it. But it's also kind of interesting to hear you're gearing up for the playoffs if you're actually trying to make boring games that you're not going to play like. I mean, the they playoffs. definitely didn't skate them off the rink. Right. You know, I mean they weren't, you know, flying down the wing and, and you know, making cross ice passes and, and spinning, you know, oilers around and, and doing all kinds of the fun right. stuff. You know, that for sure. Absolutely. Maybe that's where, like, you kind of look at it and you judge, like, playing well, where right. you need to see, like, tangible things. Love a of perfectly executed game plan. Yeah. I mean, and that, that, is, that is absolutely the case. It was now, playoff boring, which is exactly what you one, need at this point in one, the season, probably. One thing, yeah. one thing I will say is I don't get – and I, I get it's hard when you're being competitive and you're out on the ice. I would absolutely tell them to stop t trying to block shots right now. Oh, yeah, 100%. I don't know what they're doing because they're still out there trying to do it. I get it, but at the same time, I feel like your instincts take over on the ice. Asking guys, 100%. To, asking guys to think on the ice is a dangerous proposition yeah. and a slippery slope for me, but yeah. it is funny watching certain guys uh, limp back to the bench, and you know <laughs> that they're getting such a hard time. Like, come on, man. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's, it's, it's easy to say it. It's much more difficult to actually put it into practice of – Hey, I'm I'm not gonna do that today. That's their instinct. Yeah, you're competitive. You know, <laughs> you see the shot and you're gonna 
do what's natural and throw your body in front of right. it. Right, I'm saying this now, but I yeah. know that if I go play basketball with like my seven-year-old you know, nephew, I'm going to try to block his shot because I'm competitive and I'm just going to do it. Also sounds like you're a <laughs> jerk if you're not letting the seven-year-old score. No. Are you Dikembe Mutomboing? No, because I know the because I see the problem when you let them score and then they go actually have their game. They're like, why aren't you letting me score? You need to be ready. So are you you're going to find a kid that's going to block your shot. Terrible competition to the seven-year-old. Rec no, league? I want. No, I want them playing. I want my nephew playing up in like the twelve-year-old league. And that's you're, what I'm trying to get him ready yourself for. to a twelve-year-old now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, the, I have these skills of a very good twelve-year-old player. I'm just you're having like pictures. Of, I'm having pictures of Kramer in the dojo right now. Oh, just... I dominate the dojo. That's how I roll. <laughs> That's what, that's what I do. No question about it. So, yes, I mean, I understand that once you're on the ice, your your competitive spirit is going to take over and you're going to block a shot. But I would say, guys, tone it down. Like, yeah. you need to be fully healthy yeah, I would uh, when the playoffs starts. The one that Nate Schmidt took the other night. What is he doing? Uh, I know. I, I made a joke about, like, the defensive pair is going to be the next game. Like, you know, no no Nate Schmidt. He's clearly going to have to rest for the next well, game. Well, that, that's why they're going to find guys to fill in for the next two yeah, games. Yeah, Jimmy Schultz, you know, there throw him go. out there. St. Cloud State kid. Oh, is he hashtag one of us? Well, of course. He's from Minnesota. Okay. So, yeah, we should mention that. The Golden Knights did pick up a big uh, college free agent uh, today as we're recording this. Jimmy Schultz, 23-year-old defenseman from St. Cloud State, who is the number one overall seed in this year's NCAA tournament. (laughs) How'd they do? Uh, Let's not go there of how they did in the tournament. Uh, St. Cloud State is infamous for its flameouts now, especially the last couple of years. Are they Virginia of last year in the NCAA basketball tournament? Basically, yeah. it's a little bit easier for hockey to get that, but it literally was a 16-1 upset because St. Cloud State was the Oof. number one overall seed, and they That's got upset rough. by the last overall seed. So rough end to Jimmy Schultz's college career, but he is now signing for the Vegas Golden Knights. Gerard Gallant said it's a possibility that he gets into one of the next uh, two games. He signed as a uh, entry-level contract that means he'll be a restricted free agent this summer that's advantageous for him because it gets him more money more quickly it'll be interesting to see where he kind of ends up slotting into the pecking order here moving forward this is a guy that they had at development camp last year they obviously like what he offered and then he went back and had a great season at st cloud state i would imagine you'll end up seeing him next year kind of fight for jake bischoff as the first call-up kind of guy that's where I kind of see him fitting in. He's going to turn 24 pretty soon in the next couple months. So he's not exactly a guy you're looking to uh, see a huge upside from at this point, but he should provide them some pretty solid depth. And I would imagine that would come at the mostly at the AHL level next season. Should also explain hashtag one of us is uh, Ben and his fellow Minnesota people claiming every single person that's ever been to Minnesota as one of them. Well, to be fair, he uh, played college in Minnesota. I believe he's from northern Minnesota, so this is a very legit claim on my part. I think he's from Minnetonka. I thought I saw that. I thought he's a Tonka kid. I think he grew up in northern Minnesota and then moved uh, more down south. Yeah, those city schools always stealing the the good players from up north. But you do admit that you just take guys that were never even really from Minnesota and use them as one of you. But there's always a connection, you know? And so, like, Prince from Minnesota loves Minnesota. He was one of us. RIP. We miss you. Bob Dylan from the great city of Hibbing, Minnesota. Uh, we're also Steve Goats, who has fathered a great son, I think. <laughs> also from Hibbing, Minnesota. So, he's, a lot of great He's places. the prince of fathers? He's like, he's a great father, just like Prince was a great If musician. you're listening, Dad, that is what I'm comparing you to. <laughs> That's solid. Comparing Please up prince, your Christmas huh? gifts. All right. Yeah. Does he play guitar as well as Prince? 
he does not play guitar oh, whatsoever. Now I'm he was playing. a he was a JV hockey goalie though, so that's okay. where I learned. So he's hashtag from. one of us also. Your your father definitely in the group. Yeah, and absolutely. Do other people in Minnesota actually do this, or is this just you that participates? In oh it? no, it's a big thing on Twitter. If you uh, search hashtag one of us, there's a lot of stuff there. Okay. Uh, so so I can actually chime in on this and and say that I have a uh, friend who I got in an argument with today about oh, the one of us stuff. Okay, because Good. she was claiming. That, that the Golden Knights now have two St. Cloud guys on their roster. And I said, well, Nate is from – Nate Schmidt is from St. Cloud, but is a gopher. He's from the University of Minnesota. So, it, so yeah, yeah, anyway. but So even the one of us thing just goes all over. I mean, it, they just claim anything. It's, it's crazy. Any connection they can, they can throw out at it. We do, Whatever. but I feel like you know Jimmy Schultz is a very solid. I feel like right. one of us, and now the Golden Knights can say he is one of us because he has uh, joined the team. There you go. And we'll see what he if he ends up getting into one of these next two games. He expected to be here tomorrow, uh, as we're recording this, so he was expected to be in town Thursday. He'll be wearing number four for your numerologists out there who want to read into that. Um, and yeah, we'll see if he gets on the ice. Uh, T-Mobile Arena. There you go. So a couple of games left to go. The Golden Knights are going to be focused on getting their game together, getting healthy, getting maybe Marc-Andre Fleury a little bit of time in net to acclimate himself. He said he's fine as far as, you know, stopping shots and everything else, but you want to get out there, get the traffic, get some guys in front of you, get bumped around a little bit, and, uh, you know, get back into a flow. So we'll be looking for that over the next couple games. But it's all about focusing on the Sharks now for the Golden Knights. That series will start next week. We'll have everything you need to know about the Golden Knights and their playoff series, their playoff run, and a whole lot of extra content as well. You're going to want to pick that up. A couple of special sections about the season and the playoffs. Uh, you'll want to get those from your local newsstands, I believe, is the, the best place to do that. And uh, check out ReviewJournal.com. Follow us all on Twitter as well. Oh, but wait, who's – listen, there, Mark Stone is over here. Let's see if he can come over. Stop by, sit down with us. You know what, Dave? Uh, we only have three microphones, so take take it outside. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Dave. <laughs> we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you soon, Mark. Uh, sit on down here. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us. What's going on, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Uh, we're gonna get into kind of some quick, quick hitting questions, but just uh, right off the bat, your impressions. You know, coming to Vegas as a city, more so than as a team. I mean, you know, how, how has it been kind of adjusting to this uh, this town? Yeah, it's been different. Um, I've grown up in cold climates my whole life. Uh, you know, hockey uh, was the main thing there. Um, whereas here, you come to town, you're kind of expecting the the nights to kind of be a, an afterthought. But um, pretty quickly, I realized that uh, the team loves loves their or the town loves their team. So uh, it's been awesome. Do you dislike <clears throat> the Las Vegas Strip yet? Because I feel like you're not an official Las Vegas local until you have disdain for the Strip. <laughs> I don't mind going down there. I don't go down there as much as I thought I would. But um, you know, I'm I, I realized pretty quick that there's uh, uh, some awesome um, neighborhoods and, and, and places to live other than just be on the strip, which uh, um, most of us uh, thought was the only thing in Vegas. I think, I think if I remember correctly, you had a, uh, did you have a shopping trip with uh, Cody Eakin down to the strip one day? Yeah, first day I got here, I needed to go grab stuff. I only had like an hour, uh, <laughs> an hour to pack my stuff after the trade. Um, got traded at 3 o'clock, had a flight at 5, so uh, I had to quickly scramble to get going. So uh, let's, let's jump right into, uh, let's go with the power play. Our power right play. Here. That's good. It's, it's good times, and we've had some other guys answer some questions over the, over the year. It's been a fun time. We've learned a lot of interesting things, uh, so we'll jump right into it. First of all, do you have a hidden talent or skill? Ooh. <laughs> Not really. Um, 
I'm a decent golfer, I guess you could okay. say. Well, one of, your, one of your teammates <laughs> is a juggler. Do you want to guess who that is? Ooh. Subban, maybe? Uh, Nick Holden. Oh, wow. We made him juggle. It was, uh, <laughs> it was quite a spectacle. I just assume maybe the goalies would be good at that. <laughs> That's actually not a bad one. Uh, next one. If you were not a hockey player, you would be doing what with your life? Um, if I could play another sport, it'd be golf for sure. But um, if not, I, I don't really know. I put all my eggs in one basket and <laughs> kind of went for it when I was young. So um, fortunate enough to be able to do it. What's the last show that you binge watched? Uh, probably This Is Us. Oh, that's a tearjerker. I yeah. can't handle it. That's a little bit too much for even me. No, it gets, you know, I think the early episodes are kind of, but it gets real good, actually. Did you cry? I've never, I didn't cry, no. <laughs> would you admit it if you did? Uh, yeah, I think I would. Okay, there you go. Uh, what music are you listening to before a practice or game? Um, I listen to everything. Um, I like different stuff, whether it's hip-hop, rock, um, the house music, or, or even some a little bit of country. I um, If it's got a good beat for me, I, I like it. So I like it all. You might have already answered this, but uh, what is the non-hockey sport you watch the most, like at home? Um, I mean, in the summers, it's golf, absolutely. But um, I love the NBA. Uh, I love the NBA playoffs. So um, it's an exciting uh a couple of months coming up here for for uh, TV, I guess. Will you uh, will you jump into the Golden Knights fantasy football league next year? Uh, if there's an opening, I'll I'll get in there for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've heard some good uh, some good trash talk goes on <laughs> around that league. What about the uh, were you in the were you in the brackets for the March Madness? Yeah, I had a pretty good start, um, but uh, my elite eight crumbled pretty quick. So Who, who'd you go with for the champion? Uh, Duke. Oh, I want a Duke UNC final, so two standard. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I know. I just what I wanted to watch is is what I wanted to cheer for. I agree so. with that. I wanted to watch more of Zion Williamson and yeah. Trey Jones from the great state of Minnesota, where <laughs> I'm from. So yeah. I wanted. I just that. picked what I wanted. So there I respect that. I went with. There you go. You got through the power play. You uh, you made it unscathed. Made it through. And we don't believe that you don't cry, but that's okay. We're gonna <laughs> let you. We're gonna let you get away with that one. Um, uh, just as uh, on a hockey note, you guys are gearing up for the playoffs now. What are these last couple games like to to get you prepared for uh, the postseason ahead? Yeah, I mean they can be tougher, um, I think. But uh, for us, it's it's nice that we're playing Arizona tomorrow night just to have that uh, more of an, more intensity. Uh, they're kind of fighting for their lives, so uh, add a little bit more desperation for us and uh, just cleaning up a little bit. Uh, it's, it's nice that we got uh, looks like I think our whole whole team, other than uh, Hollow, out there for the first time since I've been here. And this is the last one, I guess, with those playoffs. What does it mean for you personally to be returning there? Because you uh, haven't been, I think, since uh, you scored in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals to you. Yeah, I guess I'm on a one-game goal streak in my playoff <laughs> thing. So uh, there, it's the best time of year. Uh, it's so much fun to compete in the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, obviously biased, but uh, as a hockey player, I believe that they're the – as entertaining as it gets and, and as fun to be a part of as it gets. So, um, you know, I'm excited. Um, I wouldn't be here um, if I didn't want to play a playoff hockey. So um, I'm excited. The actual last one, have you been here long enough to hate the Sharks yet? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, being in Ottawa, they took our best player. So because uh, I hate him even more now. But, well, there you go. We'll, <laughs> we'll see that uh, the reunion out on the ice for the playoffs. Uh, next week. But Mark Stone, we really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, man. You can uh, you can go back and do whatever you were doing. We appreciate joining us for a few minutes. Hope we didn't get uh, get in the way of your day too much. Ben, that was very cool. Mark that was Stone. awesome. That's the benefit of doing things down here at City National Arena. You never know who's going to walk by. And Mark Stone, the biggest new star of the Golden Knights, certainly a fan favorite. 
That was very cool. Good to get to meet him a little bit. Yeah, and a guy who lives in the rink. I love how he said he put his eggs all in one basket when he was very young. There was probably not a backup plan being a hockey player. But hey, it worked out for him because he's a very well-paid hockey player. Okay, okay, he's not listening anymore, right? He's gone. You can see he's he's gone. He is back in the locker room. He definitely cried, right? He, I cry during This Is Us. It's an emotional show. Right, but he de- like I have not watched it, but everyone it's I've rough. talked to it's has rough. cried. If you enjoy it, like he seems to, he cried. I don't know, man. I don't. Maybe he's a like this is a guy who we have to remember gets hit for a living. He takes physical contact for a living, so maybe he's a little bit more tear resistant than the rest of us. I don't think so. I think he's emotional. I think he cried, and I think we're going to get to the bottom of this at some point. But hey, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Golden Edge Podcast again. Like, subscribe, comment, share. All of those things you do with podcasts, please uh, make sure you tell your friends how much you enjoy listening to us or hate us because that might make them listen as well. Uh, But we will talk to you guys again soon with the playoff editions of the Golden Edge Podcast. For Ben S. Goats on Twitter, Adam Hill, LVRJ, David Shane, LVRJ, we didn't even let him come back in here to close this off. Sorry, Dave. I think he got annoyed when we kicked him off set for Mark Stone and just left us. Uh, But thanks to Mark Stone as well and for everybody with the Golden Knights and City National Arena. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys again very soon. The playoffs just around the corner. We'll be with you even more with the Golden Edge. Talk to you then. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.